get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Moms and dads, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> I'm Uncle Brucey. <laughs> I don't know what I was. I was like, wasn't Casey Kasem? I don't know. <laughs> we were gonna do a thing on DJs, but we couldn't find like we couldn't find like the articles we wanted. No. Yeah. Anyways, this is Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Go to ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Check out all the cool stuff, including the Ludini Schwag, as well as links to all the places to listen to all the podcasts all the time because they are in a shit ton of places, including including Amazon. You know, you can you can say, Alexa, play me the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, and Alexa will play you the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Alexa's so <clears throat> smart. That is, yeah. I always liked that girl. I know. I said, Alexa... You're going places, girl. Anyways, uh, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com will show you about how to get into all that stuff. No matter how you like to devour podcasts, that's the, the, this is how we do it. Exactly. Um, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. RockRageRadio.com is where you will download the free app to hear great music programming 24-7. Did I say that was a free app, Lily? Yes, free. It, it's a free app. Uh, you can listen to great music programming 24-7, including Hot Licks with Lily Six. When is that? That is Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. As well as the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, so you can catch all the things all the time, any way possible. <laughs> and finally, Wolfscustoms.online. Check them out for great artwork for your musical instrument. What I mean by that, like they, the Chris Thunderwolf Dotson is like this amazing artist and will do this this like beautiful artwork on your guitar. Do you remember, um, uh, you ever seen the picture of Eric Clapton in Cream where he's playing the guitar that's painted all psychedelic? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, you know, imagine having a guitar like that, like so standout, it's become so iconic. And it becomes a whole thing. It becomes a whole thing. So Chris does a lot of stuff. So check him out. Go to wolfscustoms.online. Um, all right. P- Mr. Pittsburgh is not in the house, but Lily V6 is here. Yay. Lily I'm V6 here. is here. Yes. <laughs> um, we are talking. I'm uh, Ludini, of course. <clears throat> Where we were talking before we started, I, I want to find some way to get back to going live. I just want to do it more effectively. That's, yes. I, I think. So I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how to go about that so we're kicking around some ideas but that is coming back at some point yes i must start i'm gonna have to start wearing makeup again though <laughs> so that's, somebody uh, said somebody said that you always play with your hair and they can't stand i it. do well i don't really care <laughs> what they keep I, that's, I knew that that was going to be the response that's why i said it <laughs> I think secretly they like me playing with my hair. They just want to say they hate it. You know how people are. They would play with my hair if they were around me. They're either <laughs> they're either like horny guys or jealous bitches. Well, you know. <laughs> I can take care of both. Now, now you can. <laughs> I've seen it with my own eyes. In my own special way. So, <clears throat> um, it was a... Uh, quiet weekend i think for us it was i really wanted to go to a few shows there was a show on friday at jurgle's uh, magical mystery doors um great show if you can go see it however i decided to be 
well, I guess not smart, but there comes a time in frugal. my life. <laughs> it's not even frugal, though. There comes a time in my life when I have to decide on getting my hair done or going to shows. And this weekend, I decided on getting my hair done so that I could eat for the rest of the week until Friday, which is payday. So hair done was more important. But I do have a show coming up this weekend we'll talk about later. <laughs> so you got your hair did, I did. and you can eat. I can so eat. Got, so you got two out of the three. Win-win. And what does meat- Meatloaf say? Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't go out looking with like a hag and been pulled out of a drain into a show. So, you know, decisions had to be made. pulled out of a drain. Decisions had to be made. Drain. There's a band named Drain Hag. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and they can look like me after three months of not getting my hair done. <laughs> So what did you do to entertain yourself since you didn't get a um, I was, I've been watching stuff on TV. So Last Man Standing, I've been watching that. Uh, South Park, which I'm not happy about. And I actually watched Royal Rumble wrestling over the weekend, the road wow. to WrestleMania, which I haven't watched wrestling in years, but it's still as entertaining as it was when I was a kid. So I, I, I dealt with it. I, I only, <laughs> it was like a fad that I got into very, very briefly, maybe for... A few months. Yeah. It wasn't like something that like I like something else came along, got my attention. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that just didn't hold me long enough. Um, I thought um, (laughs) I just seemed silly. And I meant was meant to be silly. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, it was like and all that, like the whole soap opera. Well, you know, all the who's this and this, you know, that's the problem with me watching it now, not having watching it for years. I don't know everybody's backstory anymore, and I hardly know any of the wrestlers now. So that's hard. It was hard to keep up with all of that. And I don't like women's wrestling. I just find it very boring. Their matches are very boring. But the guys like 30 man match was super interesting. Again, no clue what their backgrounds were. Don't know what they were fighting about, but it was cool. There was um, you mentioned South Park. There's a hilarious episode about (laughs) wrestling. (laughs) <laughs> and what ends up happening is they get into professional wrestling and they don't do any wrestling. It's just the story. It's just It's the just stories. like a soap opera and it's set to music. <laughs> and people great. are like, oh my God. And there's like all these like rednecks. And people stuff eat that like, up. Oh my God, that's the greatest wrestling I've ever seen. <laughs> and they're not even wrestling. Like at all. They're not even. Nobody they're just they're, promoing they're, they're, the yeah, whole They're just doing the whole like, you know, and so, and he left his wife for, you know, and, that's hysterical. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'll be forced to watch that episode. It's all right. Too. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Are you, what's, what's Kenny doing? Is he taking you through like different seasons or is he just randomly at, picking at first, if we were talking about a subject, he would find that episode that we were talking okay. about and we'd watch that. Now we're starting from the beginning. We're like three episodes in. So the only one I really remember right now is the uh, anal probe, which is the first Cartman episode. gets an anal probe. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah. That is the, that's what launched it. I remember. Got it showing up at a uh, Petey Gets Around rehearsal, and Mike and uh, Rochelle were like laughing their asses off. They're like, they're like, it's, it's, they're like, it's this new series on Comedy Central, and it's so hot that they're like playing it like, like every four hours they would play that, right. you know. And what he's, they're like, don't worry, by the time we're, when we're done practicing, we'll go and listen and watch it. And man, <laughs> me and David, we hadn't seen it, and we were crying. I just remember, like, I thought I was going to explode. We just couldn't believe what we were seeing. It was so rude, <laughs> but but also like kind of thoughtful in a way, like it kind of like social satire. It was total yeah. like social satire. I am trying to like it. I am. I, I got to give it. I got to give it more time. <laughs> but I'm sure I will be into it. Well, eventually. with the first season one is where like all the groundwork is laid. Okay. Kenny gets killed in every episode. Uh, I, every I, episode. I did know that. Um, and uh, you're gonna get to meet. Um, 
Jesus. <laughs> Have you met Jesus yet? Jesus lives in South Park. I uh, didn't even know. Yeah. Jesus, Santa Claus does too. And they sometimes they get into it with each other. It's hilarious. Sometimes they're sometimes they're they're like super friends. Sometimes you know, and then um and but my favorite, my fucking favorite, is the Christmas episode, Mister Hanky the Christmas. I have Christmas. seen that one. That is just like I was. One. I mean, I still I when I I started rewatching a series. I don't know six months ago or a few months ago, and um, I when I watched that one again, I was crying. I was crying. I was losing my mind. I was like. This is just, and I watched it all over again at Christmas too. It just one of the funniest. You know, there's a piece of shit that shows up and gives you just presents. starts giving you gifts. I don't even know what to do. Doesn't he have a song too, Mister yeah. Yankee, the Christmas Pooh. He loves me and I love you. Oh man, <laughs> I actually saw that one when I was 16, and I'm just like, nope. And now I'm rewatching them at 41, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you can make a Mister Hanky too. <laughs> To, and that was a thing for a while. People went around saying, I got to go make a Mr. Hanky. Oh <laughs> I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> Mr. Hanky. Gee, you smell all nice and flowery. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> so Sounds TV fun. watching is TV what I watch. did. <laughs> okay. Any movies or anything? I did not watch any movies. I did. What'd you watch? I watched two fucking killer movies. And I was very proud. I was very happy. Like, there's so many movies that just are like, either, eh, they're okay, or suck. Like, boring, or, you know. Um, These, both these movies were wildly entertaining in completely different ways. Okay, are they new? Uh, No. One of them is new. One of them is from 1976. Okay. Um, I'm ready. Uh, first, I watched um, from 1976, Alice, Sweet Alice. Oh, yes. I know that one. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, this is Brooke Shields' breakout role. Mm-hmm. She gets murdered in the first 15 minutes. So if you're tuning in for Brooke Shields, <laughs> by fifth, Mark 15, she's already dead. Bye. Um, interesting <laughs> fact about Alice, Sweet Alice is that um, once Brooke Shields kind of broke and took off, mm-hmm. they, when it was, they ended up releasing on home video under the title... Holy Terror, and they put Brooke, Brooke Shields' name first in the credits. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> but it is mostly known and mostly found by Alice as Alice Sweet Alice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's fucked up. It's just like it is like completely <laughs> fucked up, but in a wildly entertaining way. You're gonna you're gonna be grossed out, creeped out. You're gonna laugh. <laughs> It's a lot of fucking fun. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, you're gonna laugh sometimes in places that aren't. Appropriate to be well, not meant to be funny, but you totally forgive it because it's from 1976. There's all that great night, and all. Well, what's interesting about it though, it was made in 1976, but it takes place in 1961. Oh, so it's a little confusing. So there's all this 60s kitsch Mm -hmm. in 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 the. in, in the movie, um, there's some actors that you will recognize from like television a few years later. Mm-hmm. They, you were like, oh, I remember that guy being on this show or that show, you right. know, stuff like that. <clears throat> it's um, it's it's fucked up. It's fucked up. The their landlord, there's a guy. Their landlord lives downstairs. I'm telling you, Lily. I was like, I was Sharon. And I were watching it. I'm like, actually, here's how I ended up watching. I put it on. I started watching, and Stu came downstairs. Okay. And we started talking, and so it was playing, and I wasn't paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. So then Sharon came over, and she's like, oh, but I wanted to watch that, too. I'm like, okay, well, start it over, because I don't even know. I totally enjoyed 
the because the, I had seen actually pay attention to about 15, 20 minutes of it. Right. I totally enjoyed that 15, 20 minutes all over again. <laughs> I absolutely fucking loved it. And it it's just like it's off the hook. It's this. It's this whole 60s kitsch thing going on, made in the 70s. It's got all this, like, people with, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's a time capsule of, mm-hmm. like, that time, of that period as well as, as, as anything else. But the landlord lives downstairs. And when that guy, when that guy came on the screen, I was like, Sharon, wait do you see this. <laughs> you won't believe it. You just, you'll be like, what? In all, in all the characters I've seen in movies, this guy's in the top 10 of, like, what the fuck are you supposed to be? <laughs> you know those characters. There's yes. movies that have those characters. Like, what the fuck's this guy? Right. You know? <laughs> I have sort of a real short, funny story about that movie. When we were kids, my mom went to the uh, Blockbuster, whatever rental place was around at the time, and she was supposed to get us Alice in Wonderland, and that's what came into the box, and she, and she put it on, and she's like, nope, nope, and she turned it off real quick. And she's like, okay, we can't watch Alice in Wonderland. But yeah, I watched it a few years, not a few years, like probably 10 years later. And I don't really remember a whole lot from it, but I do remember enjoying it. So it's, I'll have to revisit it's that fun. one. It's really fun. It's gross, violent, <laughs> funny, fucked up. Like, just like, there's, and there, it is, um, um, it's, yeah, it's kind of twisty too. Kind of not sure yeah. who's who and what's what. But uh, I, I, w- I highly recommend it if you're in the mood for one of those. And then I saw a brand new movie. Where, well, yeah, it just came out maybe maybe the first part of this year, very end of last year. It's called Megan with the, okay. with the letter E as a num- large number three. You have to remind me what this is. <clears throat> and sure. um, this movie, okay, imagine this. Ready. This had to be the pitch. Okay. To the, <laughs> with the, the, that they made to, to the, to the uh, studio. Imagine... Imagine this. Terminator, RoboCop, meets Chucky. <laughs> okay, I know what meets, you're talking about. <laughs> um, Bicentennial Man. Okay. <laughs> I have not seen this one yet, though. <laughs> it's like all these things. It is It is definitely, I wouldn't call it an out-and-out horror comedy like Tucker and Dale. Right. But it's bordering on that in a lot of places. There's a lot of times like bad things are happening, but it's done in a funny way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know stuff, stuff like that. But um, it has some great practical effects. Um, it's good. It's I, I was the whole time. I, I was completely. I was like not prepared to like it that much. <laughs> I thought again. I was expecting because it's a new movie. Most new movies are very meh, yeah, hit or miss. Really. And I was like, it was it was very clever. And there's some there's some references if you are a fan of like. Those some of those other movies, there's like out and out. There's one, like like to write out and out exactly scene out of RoboCop that's in there. It's just exact. I'm like <laughs> fuck. It's so cool. It's like in um, uh, Violent Night where they mixed in all and there was like there was some stuff that were like scenes from like mm-hmm. dark, uh, um, Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing with the little dance. I was trying but... to come with. The, I was trying to do the Die Hard dance. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> die Hard dance. But uh, that was it. And then Sunday uh, or Saturday, I went to lunch uh, at the Double Wide. Oh wow! I haven't been there forever. And it was fucking delicious. And then I walked. It was a, it was like in the fifties, so it wasn't super super cold. So I walked down to Churn. You okay. To Churn. I have not. I know oh. what it is, but I have not. Is it? It's oh. ice cream, right? Yeah, I can't eat there. <laughs> it is total deliciosity. That fucking churn. My God. 
I can't eat those good things. <laughs> they have, um, uh, yeah, I don't, you do it every day, but uh, they had, um, like the, even like the waffle cones are always like real kind of fresh mm. and like, and I don't, I typically was like, you know, would somebody say, let's get an ice cream cone. I'm typically like, nah. maybe I'll get like a Sunday or something. Cause like I stopped eating ice cream cones when I was like nine. <laughs> and, um, but that, that's one of those places where no, I to- thoroughly enjoy it. Um, nice. Yeah, it was fun. So, um, there are, um, women. There are. Vagina people, as I like to refer to them sometimes, <laughs> that are, uh, do the, the heavy rock and the heavy metal that are like, sort of like, kind of like trailblazing and like inspiring a lot of, um, younger folks. You, we have talked about this on the podcast before, Lily, that, um. It's, it, a lot of times we will like we'll pick a band and, mm-hmm. a newer band that we like and like so many of them have female vocalists right and it like, seems like there's a lot of um a lot more women like doing some of the best music mm-hmm. than ever before um yeah Hart and Pat Benatar did some of the best music but they were only two people where it seems like you know it's, in fact a lot, a lot of times you know pound for pound there, you know, I, I find the female-fronted songs a lot of times superior. I do, I, it's always. like the songs are better. Yeah. And there's something about, and there's something about the way women deliver that kind of music. Um, it's funny because when that type of thing was happening, you know, there was a, there was sexism. I would admit it, and probably I'm sure there still is uh, against women uh, singing like you know you know ballsy rock and roll. Um, so. And that's why there weren't a lot of them. You know, there was why there was only like a handful, Benito- yeah. a handful, Pat Benatar and Pat Benatar, and 80s, you know, a couple of people like that, you know, here and there. <clears throat> so that is, um, so so it, it seems like in more recent history, there's more w- w- women doing like really good music, um, really good rock. There's a lot more women in metal these days than there ever have been. And, and out and out metal too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They'll they'll do everything that you can do in in with heavy metal vocals. <clears throat> so let's um go ahead and maybe start getting into a little bit of this. Uh, we're just gonna sort of sort of follow Lily's lead. Okay. Well, I'm gonna start it off with a duo. Uh, Heidi Shepard and Carla Harvey from the Butcher Babies. Um, you can't really separate them. They do. Uh, is it? Of, excuse me. I'm going to nitpick something yeah. real quick. Is it the Butcher Babies or is it Butcher? Babies? I think it's just Butcher Babies. I just put the the in there. <laughs> um, but you can't separate the two. They go hand in hand. Um, American Groove Metal Band from Los Angeles. Um, they uh, brought us Monsters Ball and Magnolia Boulevard, two of their uh, best songs. But. I, I like all of their songs. There's not one on the in their catalog that I don't like. Um, but if you're looking for a nonstop, indulgent party with a possibility of a snapped neck or two, uh, look no further than these two girls. They have um, <clears throat> been a staple on everybody's festival bucket list, and they do go to all the festivals. Um, the versatile pair have made thrash their own um, their own ever since the 2013 debut of Goliath. I remember I can I saw them for the first time when I was at Smalls, and I believe they opened for Gore. And I was like so mesmerized by these two females who were singing the guttural vocals and the clean vocals. And I'm yeah. like, this is amazing. And they both can do both parts. 
and they're running around the stage and they're fantastic and women just love them. There are people in Pittsburgh who are female fronted who that's their idols. They constantly go to these two women. Um, they are a uh, go ahead. They're definitely a powerhouse show. The last time I saw them was at Jurgles. I've met them. They're super sweet. But they um, they do like a, an Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie kind of stage show along with those uh, vocals. And uh, they're super famous for singing something on. I can't think of what it is right now. I did not write it down. So uh, It's a Pantera song. You have to look at it on YouTube. Just look up Butcher Babies and Pantera. You'll find it. Um, oh, uh, Fucking Hosso. Okay. That's the song. I was going to go check it out. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're totally nuts. And it's so funny because they're super tiny. And their voices are super quiet when you talk to them. And then they get on that stage and they own they own the crowd when they're on that stage. And I think they're fantastic. That's what rock and roll is all about. I know. There's too, there's too many bands that don't understand that. <laughs> that just stand there. They don't. Well, it's not even just standing there. It's more. There's band. There's guys that just stand there and own the stage. That's there's true. guys that can do that. It's not about that. It's about a fucking attitude. It's 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 spiritual. Um, the first time I heard the Butcher Babies, I ran across them accidentally and was completely floored. Um, I had done something um, where I was just I was like sick of everything. I want to hear something new. Play me something new. Play me something. I was just like started, and I uh, came across them uh, maybe about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was completely knocked out. <laughs> and um, I do want to see them. I do definitely want to see them live at some point. Um, and an interesting fact about the Butcher Babies you did not know and Ludini. Uh-oh. The only paid fan club I ever joined was the Butcher Babies. <laughs> I did. Because I hooked. loved them so much. I wanted to know more about them and everything. And they sort of abandoned it. Like all the content Ooh. on there when I joined was little was a little stale. And they and so I did listen to the couple like, like they would do live calls where you could call in stuff and I listened to some recordings but I, I wasn't getting any notifications about oh. them and a couple months went by and they refunded everybody's money. Oh jeez, <clears throat> uh, they must have got new management they, that, or something. What I think what they said was they just didn't anticipate the t- the time it was going to take to maintain it. Oh, okay, and yeah. so you know they refunded everybody's money and you know, I was like, damn! I'm like the only fan club of a band I ever like <laughs> paid fan club that I ever joined, and like you know they decided to stop doing it, but I still love them. <laughs> I still love the Butcher Babies. What do you got? Um, so I also have Christina Scabia from Lacuna Coil. Um, say her say her name again. Christina Scabia. Christina. Christina, yes. Spell that. C H R I S T I N A. And then S. Oh, you're talking about Scabia. S C A. Sorry. <laughs> well, you said spell that. S C A. S C A B B I A. Yes, Scabia. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I could be wrong. This is how I'm going with it. But she started her music career in 1991 after becoming a touring musician for numerous bands, providing backing vocals. Um, also, a lot of these uh, ladies on the list, they have been asked to collaborate with so many other artists because of their, you know, their different vocal styles. They can, a lot of them have different ranges. A lot of them can do the guttural. A lot of them can do both the guttural and the um, clean vocals. <clears throat> so that's another thing that I think women have over men in the vocal world is they are, they have those different ranges and they can add to different metal bands, but you'll find a lot of these girls will have tons of collaborations. Um, but I had a reason for going there and I don't know why. Um, 
She met the vocalist and bassist of Lacuna Coil, known as Ethereal at the time, later that year, who recruited her to become the band's second vocalist. Um, there's nine studio albums and five awards and nominations. Uh, she's also has a short career as a writer. She collaborated with Vinnie Paul at one point, uh, and they did a they did an advice advice column in Revolver magazine together. <laughs> That's great. Which is kind of cool. I kind of want to go back and sort of find those. And she's also been on. Uh, she was on Megadeth's song "Au Tout Le Monde," which is one of my favorite Megadeth songs. Uh, Apocalyptica's song "SOS." Um, Anthony Lucasen's album for his Aryan project, uh, "The Theory of Everything," and the soundtrack for the film uh, "Passionate Sinistra" from 2013. And she has guested on over 20 other songs with artists. So I uh, think that's pretty cool. That's where I was going with the collaboration. Okay. <laughs> I, just I keep forgetting we're not went off the we're not on Facebook, so we can This is a song called uh, Swamped X, tw- Swamp, Swamp, Swamped 20 or Swamped Double X or what were you saying? I would say Double X, but that's... Le- by Lacuna Coil. And that's their second vocalist. Oh. There's two. But she's their female. One, obviously. Now, why didn't I know they should know that? Okay, so yeah. so And that was, we were... Uh, uh, talking before, earlier, um, the, um, the well, we haven't done our new and notable yet. No, not yet. We're going to, but uh, <laughs> that that was something that was only released a few months ago. So it was this. This was released four months ago, and uh, that's Lacuna Coil. I just YouTubed it. I would really said. like to see them live. This is one I have not <clears throat> seen live yet. So, all right, who's next on your list? Um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this girl's name correctly or not. Um, I'm going to call her Elise Ride, R-Y-D, from Amaranthi. Um. Widely, you got to help me out. A M A A M A R A N R A N T H E. There it is. Wow. <laughs> okay. So. Um, this is a widely popular melodic metalcore and power metal band. Um, she was introduced to the music scene from an early age. Both of her parents were musicians, heavily inspired by Walt Disney as a child. I don't know why this has anything to do with music, but interesting anyway. Um, she received numerous, probably because of the songs at, from Disney songs, I would assume. Uh, she received numerous music scholarships throughout high school. Um, she started the band Amaranthi. They were called Avalanche at one point. And she um, gained some popularity prior to the band's inception by performing guest vocals for the symphon- symphonic power metal band Camelot, uh, both on tour and in the studio. And she sings in soprano range. So she's got a little bit of a different thing going on there with her vocals. Well, there's the guy singing. This, uh, there she is. Again, two vocalists. (laughs) Jack Black probably loves these guys. That's some intense music. Wow. Yeah. 
damn. <laughs> crazy. And I play was, them quite often on my show. This was released three months ago. Find Life. This, this, these guys remind, They're very pretty. They look like, <laughs> oh man, they remind me of, uh, I don't know, like a, um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's like so, I don't know. Like so off, There's something really over the top about it. I'm, it's not coming to me. But uh, what do you got next? Uh, so next is Alyssa White Glues from Arch Enemy. <laughs> Try to find something newer with them because they've had two female vocalists. She's the newer one. Uh, she was the founding member uh, member of the uh, agonist and current front woman of the Swedish melodic death metal band Arch Enemy. Arch Enemy. God, I can't talk. I knew Arch, this was going to be disaster. It's going to be disaster. Arch Enemy. I love it. Arch Enemy. <laughs> Arch Enemy. She took over for um, Angela Gossow, who was the original female lead singer of Arch Enemy. I do prefer Alyssa to Angela. I'm sure I'm going to get shot for that one. Um, she's discussed uh, her family's history in Revolver Magazine, stating that her grandparents were imprisoned in a concentration camp during World War II. And this is the inspiration for a lot of her songs, um, including the song First Day in Hell. Um, just she seems pretty young to have parents in who are in world. It has to be grandparents. Gra- it, I think I don't know what I said. Did I say parents? Grandparents. It's okay, grandparents. maybe I misunderstood you. I <clears throat> parents, because like I'm thinking, like, wow, she's like an older lady. She must be like in her fifties or sixties. <laughs> Despite her success with uh, Arch Enemy and uh, Agonist, she has also collaborated with artists throughout the years, including Blackguard, Camelot, Nightwish, Delane, Doyle, you know Doyle, uh, Engra, Carnifex, Lamb of God, and Powerwolf. And she also has a, uh, she has solo albums that she created as of 2016, and she is classically trained and loves rock music, and, and she actually enjoys 1990s grunge music, which I don't hear in any of her songs ever, but that would be interesting to hear um, This is called Sunset Over, Over the Empire. This is from, it's only about eight months ago, so it's relatively yeah. current. She has very straight teeth. <laughs> and she can do the guttural, obviously. Yeah, yeah. there's no male vocalist. <laughs> it's really hard to believe. It's amazing that it's that voice... It's hard to believe that voice coming out of that person. Yep. Because she looks kind of... Kind of has like a delicate kind of look. Very petite, you know? yeah. very innocent. But no, she can kill you with her vocals. That's, Literally. That's crazy. Stab you um, in the heart. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Arch... Archie Enemy. I do love Arch Enemy so much. Heavy fucking metal. Arch Enema. <laughs> or Emini, because I can't talk today. Emini. All the things. What do you got next? All right, so we're going to go to, I think you like her as well, Maria Brink from In This Moment. Um, creative brains behind the band. Um, she introduced... She introduced... Oh my God! She was introduced to artists such as the Rolling Stones, Black Sabbath, and Patti Smith. Those were her inspirations when she was uh, starting at the age of five. She says she was inspired by Pantera, M83, and the Deftones as a teenager, and she drew inspiration from Mother Teresa, Joan of Arc, and Queen Elizabeth the First. Don't what know what that means, but that's what that, it's now, 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 I was all good until the, the Mother Teresa, <laughs> Joan got, of Arc, until she got weird. Because I'm it. like now, I'm called shenanigans. <laughs> 
Um, the band has gone on to release seven studio albums and received four nominations, two from Alternative Press Music Awards, one run from the Grammys, and one from Loud Loudwire Music Awards. She's been awarded the Rock Goddess of the Year in 2013 and 2015. Um, she's got like so many credits as far as collaborations. Um, let me see if there's a Hailstorm, Five Finger Death Punch, Mo Motionless in White, Papa Roach, Asking Alexandra. So she again, she's another one who has been asked to have been on songs because of her voice. I've seen her live or this band live twice. Oh my God, it's so much fun. Like she changes costumes all the time and she's just very like, She's totally into it. I love it. This isn't a video. This is just a song. But, oh, this must be some kind of intro. But look at the, look at that. What does that remind you of? I don't Stranger know. Things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I don't like, watch that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't watch it, you can, you've been there. Yeah. Well, give me a, like a song song. How about, is this a song? Okay. Leave me a song song. A song song. Oh, there she is. Oh, yes. Well, some synthy stuff going on. The first time I saw them was at that Welcome to Rockville in Daytona. I would say this was something that was um, from about 1986, would be on the Lost Boys soundtrack. That's what it's, until the singing started. The vocals, the all the other sounds were very retro. The vocals are definitely like a modern type of production. Yeah, like when the vampires are like hanging out in the like uh, the, the, the amusement park or whatever, you could hear like you could see them oh, walking yeah. around to that. I mean, that has a sound. And that slow motion. Yeah, sort it of has thing. that kind of thing yeah. to it. That's super amazing. It's really good. <laughs> you like her. That's like a big chant or something. That's really good. It's, she is so much energy. It's too. different than like it's not what I expected. It's good. Is that the Mother Teresa that you're seeing in that? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. That's why I love it because I'm such a fan of Mother Teresa. I knew you were. I knew My you hero. were. <laughs> So who's next? So we're going to do a throwback that's still relevant. And this is uh, this lady is on a lot of women's inspiration lists. And we're going with Doro um, from the band Warlock. Oh, uh, Dora the Explorer. Doro. D Warlock. I need the band. Warlock. It's the band. Warcock. No. <laughs> Show me your Warcock. She Arr! is... <laughs> The former front woman for the heavy metal band Warlock, Doro Pesh, um, has been deemed as the metal queen by diehard fans and music critics. Um, she, as as early as three years old, was listening to music and played the piano uh, by the age of 10. After suffering life-threatening form of tuberculosis at the age of 16, oh God. she declared that she would uh, dedicate her entire life to music, and she has. Um, she was just on the um, one of those rock cruises that I was really jealous that everybody went on, and I'm kind of sad that I'm not going again this year. 
um, recruited in her first band years later called Snakebite in 1981. Uh, performed in numerous garage bands. Um, she has had a career that has spanned about four decades, continues to make music on her own. Most recently, she uh, was one of those drive first drive-in concerts due to COVID, and uh, she was enthusiastic about it She to the, because she wanted to get back into the live shows. She's easily become one of the most influential metal singers of all time, inspiring other female metal, metal artists such as Floyd uh, Jansen, who I didn't put on my list, but she's from After Forever. Uh, 17 studio albums. The latest, latest was in 2018, Forever Warriors, and she continues to record and tour, and when she's not touring, she's living in New York City. There she is. Okay, wait a minute. This is this is from this was on MTV. Yeah, that's, that's an old. old. One. Yeah. I was gonna say okay. That's an old song. Uh, okay, because I'm looking at the thing. This is from nine years ago. I want to hear "Burn the Witches." Burn the witches, and she still sounds that good. That's fucking great. That, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know all we are. I knew that song. Yeah. I know from like okay, I'm good. I'm good. I got it. We got next. Um, I have Amy. Hold Lee. a second. Let me. I didn't note it in the notes. Okay. <laughs> Doro Pesh from Warlock. Doro. Pete. Okay. Warlock. I thought you were We're gonna keep it there. simple. Okay. Doro from Warlock. Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer. I got Amy Lee from Evanescence on my list. A singer, songwriter, pianist from somewhere. Oh, she's from here, right? <laughs> she's become one of the most influential vocalists to emerge from the early 2000s with her unique mezzo-soprano vocal range. Um, she has also col- done a lot of collaborations. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows who she is. Uh, but she has done uh, Nightmare Revisited, which is um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. She did a couple of songs on there. Um, Revisited and Muppets, which the Green Album, love her for that. And she conf- uh, composed the soundtrack to the film War Story. Um, she's received the uh, Songwriter Icon Award from the National Music Publishers Association in 2008. Um, God, her voice. I'm sorry. Uh, Lee discovered a passion for the piano in early childhood. Classical music was her first influence. She loved Mozart. She watched Amadeus as a kid. Not sure she probably should have watched that as a kid, but it inspired her to write music. Um, Rock me, Amadeus. I know, right? Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> um... There's an entire wiki page dedicated to songs she has written or collaborated on. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of them. So go to Wikipedia and you'll see everything that she has been on or wrote, written. And there are tons of unreleased ones as well. Um, she has some solo projects um, going on. In 2000, she sang on, or I, don't, I didn't get the year correctly, so I don't know if it's 2000. She sang on David Hodges' song, Fall Into You and Breathe. Um, one of her most notable collaborations was her duet with former boyfriend Sean Morgan, uh, the song Broken. He was, uh, he's in Seether. And that was on the 2000, 2004 film, The Punisher. And she's just a legend in alternative rock and metal. Here we are. 
Because I turned it on in a part where there's no singing. Of course. Anyways, yeah, Evanescence. <clears throat> I remember when this band broke. Because um, people were like, well, yeah, you know, we've been waiting for the new Pat Benatar, you know, type <laughs> singer to show up, you know. And um, she was a giant sensation. Her band was all over uh, MTV. I mean, it was a they were a big deal. Um, and she proved that she's more than just a flash in the pan, you know, star. She's, mm-hmm. she's done so many things. Um, do you remember, and I, I'm not going to take time to pull it up, but do you remember when she did the song, they did a song with Fred Durst? Yes. My sister used to play that constantly. I can't remember what the name of that song is. You know, Fred gets all kind of shit, but I thought, <laughs> I didn't think that was bad. Well, it's because she I was thought on what it. it. I know. I thought it like elevated him. Yeah, for That's sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing with her is she's trying not to use any form of sex appeal in her music or anything, so she can actually relate to younger children, younger girls in music, uh, putting out positive messages. And she makes her own clothes, and I love her style because it's very gothic medieval, and she doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about it, which I love. And that was my last one on my list because I thought you would have a bunch too. No, I have none. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I have none. Um, I've been dealing with a few things. It's all good. <laughs> I think, though, that I can talk about... I didn't want to take anyone's thunder if they were going to pick other ba- artists. So that's why I only took... Yeah, well, I was we also... Mr. Pittsburgh didn't <laughs> yeah. make it in today. He's um, dealing with problems. He's ill. He's a sicky poo today. I, I would... Um, uh, let me see. Who do I want to talk about here? I, have, I do have a, a couple, one or two... Um, I have uh, well we did we did Arch I love Arch Enemy oh my god I can't wait to see them <laughs> I don't know why you're making fun of me <laughs> I'm not making fun of you like so I'm looking at some of these names and oh. cracking me up uh, Simone Simons from Epica she's good I like her this is a name that comes up a lot in my mind this night again I think what's interesting about a lot, a lot of these artists that we um, listen to um, uh, today, um, I have, there's somebody here I'm missing. Who did we have in between Doro and Arch Enemy? <clears throat> somebody? Um, you didn't get uh, Ride. R-O-I-D. I can't think of her. At least Ride. But what was the band? Amaranthi. Yeah. Um. I'm just going to make it up. Um, That's good. That's exactly it. (laughs) What I was really impressed with, like, okay, so the Warlock song was from the 80s, but I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. But um, all of these artists have a very, like, they don't really sound, their, their, their genre, their styles don't really sound like anybody else. Right. 
I'm not no just mean their voices, but like where we have um, um, uh, a, uh, what's well Nightwish playing in the background, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound like anything. Uh, the, the this does. Excuse me, I can't talk now either. I'm going <laughs> something in the air. This doesn't really sound like any of the other bands at all. Mm-mm. This is symphonic uh, metal, um, and uh, so the dreamy contributions of us, uh, uh, Simone Simons, have kept Epica at the forefront of their genre since 2002. The band that once created uh, Storm the Sorrow have matured to lofty heights of the skeleton key with Mm -hmm. Simon's operatic tones at the helm, bringing their angelic range to the band's cinematic instrumentals and occasional death metal infusions. It sounds to me like, and it sounds to me like whoever wrote this is struggling to sort of describe what they do. Because you can't. You can't really. (laughs) And I think this is true with pretty much everybody on, on the list. Um, I would throw out is honorable mentions Taylor Momsen mm-hmm. and Lizzie Hale, of course. Their music, though, is much more easily categorized. Yeah. Um, these artists are really like doing. I think all kind of doing something really different, mm-hmm. taking it, taking things in a little um, in a little different direction. I think that that's uh, that's important. They're all they're all very different types of bands which is great and they're all metal but different branches of metal which is nice that women are able to do all these things um real quick let's mention uh sharon den adele is that her name De- adele yeah sharon den adele um check this out yeah that's i like that This doesn't really sound. This, these guys are considered symphonic metal, but they don't really sound like Epica, and they don't really even sound like Evanescence. Mm-mm. A little bit more like Evanescence than Epica. There's something too about women um, being able to emote this way that I don't think works well. For for most male singers, I think that like, <laughs> I don't know. I this just a personal opinion, and I'm not trying to be sexist. There's something about this comes off very cool with a female vocal. It sounds kind of at times can be sort of melodramatic, emotional with a uh, with a male uh, <laughs> voice. I mean, there's guys that do it really really well, like uh, Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. You know he does. He could you, you could put him on something like this, and he would bring enough growl and grit to it. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd make it his own, and it would still sound good. But that's so Brucey. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, really great. And I think that Lily made a good point about the range too, because something that I've even seen with like local bands is you get in a band, and a lot of a lot of classic rock is in a higher range. I mean, singers like uh, Lou Graham. Uh, Mickey Thomas, Steve Perry, mm. um, Kevin Dubrow, 
are hard for most male voices to sing. Those guys are kind right. of the exception. Yeah. Even singers like um, uh, Daryl Hall. They're, they're hard to, they're really hard to, you gotta, you know. So, off, very often a female vocalist can more easily um, step in. Yeah, step in and do those, to perform, the, perform that, perform that music. So, <clears throat> you know, it, 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 they, uh, yeah, I think that it has a, um, a cool thing and it kind of really showcases that women, of course, you know, they're rocking. They have been. They just get, I think this is a good, this, you know, we talked about many times about the democratization of the music business and how everything's kind of flattened out. Mm-hmm. And you don't have super giant megastars, but you have a lot of artists like we just talked about tonight. They're all like, well, fairly well known, been around a long time. People love their music. They'll sell, they sell records yep. and everything like that. And I don't know if you could have this, the, all these particular bands at this level in the 80s or 90s. Oh, no. So no, I think no, no. I think that here's a here's an, a good example of where this has really panned out for these artists because um, this was a niche that was unfulfilled. There's a... You know, do you ever know, like, when a band like Evanescence comes out, right, or an artist like Alanis Morissette comes mm-hmm. out or whatever, like, people are often hungry for more in that right. vein. yeah. You know, but usually the radio will stick to one maybe two and if they try to play somebody else who's like that people go like oh she's just imitating yeah exactly. and learns more set or something <laughs> exactly. you know and so they just they just drop it um whereas the internet uh, it's people are seeking things out so their their tastes are more like discerning in many ways because they can they hear the difference between um uh the per the uh, oh, within temptation, excuse me, and Epica, they can mm-hmm. hear they can hear those th- those differences, um, and they they appreciate them. Whereas thirty years ago, it would be like you know radio stations might be oh it's like too much of the same thing, right? You know, so I don't know if I made that point well or not. You did, but uh, check out these uh, ladies um, for you know for you know all of them for people with vaginas they're they're doing all right. You know? <laughs> And they're not you know, bad to I look at either. Giant, yeah, I make <laughs> jokes, guys. Please don't like. They just come on, just relax. Yourself. We're all having fun here. We're having fun. It's a joke. I know that it's, it's intentionally <laughs> to meant to be sounds you know, like terrible. <laughs> Lou does it on purpose. That's, yeah, I know it's horrible. That's what makes it okay. Well, that's why. That's why. That's what like Dave Chappelle and those guys get away with saying stuff because they know that it's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, every, you know, nobody's like, they're not under the impression that what they're saying is actually okay. There are no fucks given. Yeah, they're just like, we know this is terrible. We're going to say it. We're doing it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and I'm not bent out of shape about it. And I'm a girl. Pretty sure I'm a girl. Am I a girl? Yeah, probably. So um, if I'm not really getting mad, I don't think anybody should. So <laughs> We are going to um, take a break right now. And um, Lily... <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I I I I know I have the perfect music for this. <laughs> I, can't I just I, I just got to get um. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Oh boy! Are you serious? Yeah, it's gonna be perfect. <laughs> this is perfect for this. Oh hell! <laughs> okay, so Lily is going to share um an experience from her life that will hopefully give other young folks out there who are you know looking for a relationship looking for love 
So, so, so this is, you know, this is uh, uh, Lily's love corner. <laughs> yes, I'm going to start doing a segment where I talk about my dating disasters of the past and maybe hopefully help people now. Um, so let's talk about one night stands. We've all had them, right? It's a thing. <laughs> this is so depressing. <laughs> the music is killing <laughs> Um. And, of course, the walk of shame afterwards is usually the worst. But I think I have a pretty interesting one. I was out drinking one night in uh, the Pittsburgh area. What? I know, crazy. You were drinking? Not Lily. She doesn't drink. And and I'm not going to say the name of the person because I'm sure they're listening. And they they know who they are if they hear the story. Um, Ended up going back to this person's hotel room. And... Having sex with a person, and I'm telling you what, grabbing this person's, be, being able to grab the person's back when you're making love to them, because that's how hairy they are, is kind of a scary thing. Anyway, I woke up the next morning with this person wrapped around me, and sweating all over me. Afghan rug. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another person in the other hotel room bed, and I know this person too, and I'm, I'm laying there naked, and I'm going, oh my God, I have to get out of here. I have to do the walk of shame out of this hotel. Now, I was, um... I hate you. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that like I was in the you were stri- telling this story That's okay. to the world. It's fine. I was in the strip district at a hotel just to paint a picture of where I was. Um, I peel the gentleman off of me, you know, grab all of my clothes and dash to the bathroom to get <laughs> dressed <laughs> because I didn't want to, Oh, my God. I didn't want the other guy to see me naked. He probably already did. But in my head, he didn't see me. So I ran there. And I had to do my walk of shame back to my car. Now, I'm in the strip district. My car is on the North Shore. That's a pretty far walk. Wow. I was parked over by the casino. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, all, How long? It might take you an hour to walk over there. Oh, there's more. I put on the outfit I had on from the night before, which was a skeleton dress and stiletto heels. My makeup smeared all over my face. I have my hair. <laughs> Like a waterfall on top of my head. Because I was out partying all night, right? So I decide to walk down the street. I make it to downtown where the abortion protesters are. (laughs) They're all looking at me, flashing their little signs, going, you know, save lives. I'm like, not today, guys. Just keep going. So I think, you know what? I'm actually on my way to an abortion. (laughs) That would have been great. But at the time, I'm just like trying to get back to my car because I know I look like a fucking hooker at this point. I think I remembered that you can ride the tea for free. So I walked to the Wood Street tea station, (laughs) go down the little stairs, get on the tea and get to my car, which is on the North Shore over by the casino. All right. All right. So So it wasn't so bad. I still had to walk pretty far, though, to get from the strip district over to the tea station. Um, Get in my car, look at myself and go, what the hell have I done? Why did I do this? So I'm sure most of us have been there with the walk of shame, ladies, I'm sure. My advice, though, for this situation is maybe you should always just take your own car and park it where the guy is or carry a big enough purse where you don't have to wear heels and a skeleton dress and pass the abortion people. Maybe get some tennis shoes and like sweatpants to at least pull over yourself so you're not walking with your ass hanging out down the street in Pittsburgh. And this is a true story. (laughs) And I have many. (laughs) So always carry at least a pair. Well, okay, carry a pair of panties because I don't wear those. And also tennis shoes and or sweatpants or take your own car. Or I didn't know about Uber then. Uber would have been nice to get to my car. That would have been much quicker. 
and less stressful walking past all of these people to get to my car. So, wow. Oh, and uh, the, the fun part about that was I was on a date with another guy at the beginning of the night and ended up with a different guy. So there's that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> all right, everybody. That is uh, Lily's Love Corner for this week. <laughs> if you have any questions for Lily, please feel free to drop us a line you can leave a message on the our uh, in our private facebook group or you can email me lou at lulombardimusic.com and um i will make sure that lily gets it unless you lily you want to give your own personal email address uh lily van six at gmail.com that's how we'll do it then. lily v6 <laughs> van it's van lilyvan6 at gmail.com. I will answer any questions we'll, about dating. Yes, and we will, <laughs> but you have to answer them on the show. I will do that. We'll answer them on the show. <laughs> so I uh, hope that we guys really enjoyed uh, that. I know that I did for sure. I have hundreds. <laughs> so good. We'll have a lot of content. <laughs> That's what happens when you've been dating for decades. <laughs> so we talked about... Um, uh, these female vocalists. And, um, but we need, and we talk, we have Lily's Love Corner. We did, we did that. <laughs> Do you want to quickly mention our, uh, so we picked some new music that we think all y'all gonna like. <laughs> so let's start with Lily. I'm going to go ahead and pause this and we will go, we don't need the theme from Love Story anymore. Thank goodness. That was depressing. <laughs> but I did enjoy I it, it with my story. hilarious. <laughs> You're telling this like kind of trashy story in this Ooh. beautiful love song. Oh, I, I can't wait to write my, all these stories down and tell them. I can't wait to listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to have this pulled out as a segment. You're going to be wildly entertained by all of my ridiculousness. So, so anyway, so Screamer is my new and notable. That's the name <laughs> of the band. Uh, the new album is Kingmaker. Came out July or July, January 13th, 2023. They're one of Sweden's most ambitious heavy metal acts. Um, and they're excited to release their new album, which had already come out. Uh, this album, With this album, the band have set the bar pretty high for heavy metal in 2023. They have a wealth of songs um, in their cache. They have that classic heavy metal sound, uh, kind of reminiscent of the 80s. And um, they have uh, three other albums, if you, or four other albums, if you want to check them out. Just uh, five-piece, straightforward, dynamic riffs, twin guitars. We're going to take a quick listen. Yes. This is Kingmaker. Definitely has a really like um, early '80s hard rock, heavy metal kind of sound. Uh, this is the S. This is on uh, SPV Entertainment, and Lily and I were perusing this <laughs> before we started today, and it's an interesting. Um, uh, they, they've got interesting artists, and Screamer, and a whole bunch of other ones. That we were kind of taking a peek at here, um, like John, uh, John Diva, John Diva and the Rockers of Love. I mean, that sounds awesome. So we were listening. To, <laughs> we were listening to some of that, but um, Leather. This is going to be like my new go-to for songs. I think. Okay, well, 
I'm really tempted to just listen to all these, but we're going to get going. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, check that out. Um, they are called uh, Screamer. The album is good. The song and the album is Kingmaker. Um, and just pop that into your YouTube and it'll come right out. Um, but check out the channel. It's on SPV Entertainment. And they, they, it looks very interesting. We, I think we're going to be talking about some of these... Uh, um, some of these bands in the future, I got a feeling we're, we're going to be touching on them. So, Sweet. mine is the new rival Suns Ooh, it's called yes. Rapture. Um, I found I discovered this thanks to Justin Hawkins. He he talked about it on his thing. This is a very interesting video. This is the guy walking through the desert. It's not. It's not anybody in the band. <clears throat> he's all in white and he's got this like the goggles and the whole thing and he gets on his what is the kind of motorcycle it's a mini bike like, like a mini he gets on a mini bike yep. and I, then, I the, then the titles across the screen are ginormous like in a Coen Brothers movie <laughs> um oh he gets a lollipop in his mouth now when I first heard these chord changes and Justin Hawkins brought this out, but I thought it immediately was like, this almost has like a grunge sound, almost sounds like a Nirvana song. Listen to it. <laughs> you have to watch the video, guys. <laughs> I can see those now this isn't Nirvana, but One thing I'll say about Rival Sons is like they're never satisfied to just do the same album over and over. They're always trying to bring in different stuff. This song is really interesting. I like this. It's very different. Um, the video is very, very cool. The band is not in the video. Just this kid on yeah, the mini Well, there's there, a couple of things happen a little <laughs> towards the end, but pretty much there's no... Um, you know, so it's kind of like, like, an, like kind of an artistic statement. It's not really mm-hmm. just like, you know... Where I would understand a band, you know, that was maybe trying to get their faces out there more might want to do that. But Rival Sons is very well yeah, established they don't have at this to. point, you know. But this was released as of this recording 11 days ago. Very cool. So, yeah, I think it's very cool. It's called Rapture, and I'll put a link to it. But if you just Google, if you just search it in YouTube, and the video's neat. I love this sort of melancholy list, list kind of vocal, like a kind of... Um, kind of melody that it has it's really neat it's pretty it made me feel you did know, you get the feels yeah down in the butthole <laughs> i love those feels <laughs> so mm. um real quick speaking of youtube a couple little things i wanted to point out real quick um river docks is a channel that we haven't talked about um on here it's really cool this guy's a great delivery he's, uh, he's got a really cool speaking voice <clears throat> And he tells these, um, he started out on his channel telling these really 
amazing stories about the concerts that he has gone to. And he's got some really good delivery. Mm-hmm. And he saw a lot of it. Like, he saw ZZ Top and Rush together. What? I know. That's interesting. Yeah. And so, like, he has all these great stories. That's so <clears throat> not But so one of the things he does <laughs> is takes, he does, like, like a, you know, 12 to 14 minute, like, mini documentary on on a really cool artist. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got a really good one on Joe Walsh. He's got a really good one on Randy Meisner. You know, he's got, you know, he's got, he's got one on ZZ Top that's really, really cool. He's got, you know, a bunch of stuff like that. But he released one this week on James Burton. I don't know if you know who James Burton is. James Burton was... Uh, the second most famous guitarist that played with um, Elvis. Uh, Scotty Moore, mm. of course, is the one on the original recordings from 56. But um, James uh, started playing with Elvis a little bit a little bit later on, around the time of the uh, 68 comeback special, and um, was his guitarist ever since. But he played on, a, he's on a gazillion other people's albums. He was also simultane- simultaneously in Emmylou Harris's band oh, at fun. the same time. So when Elvis wasn't touring, he'd go out with, with Emmy Lou. And then when she started working with the Eagles, he would tour with Elvis and then with John Denver. He played with John Denver for oh, many years. He cool. gave the eulogy at John Denver's funeral. Um, he's a really amazing guitar player. He invented a style called chicken picking. <laughs> um, and just his play with you know, just a young kid started listening to some um, station out of Shreveport that play, was playing, you know, the like, you know, Robert Johnson and Bucka White and all the really hardcore early blues artists and became inspired and asked his parents for a guitar. They bought him a Fender Telecaster. That was his first guitar. And he played that guitar for, he, he was still playing it when he was in when Elvis's band. Wow. Um, but anyways, so he, uh, I put in a link to it. It's River Docks, James Burton. I think that you will totally enjoy it. Um, and one other thing I just had to include because, you know, there's all this attitude around, like, social media and in the news and everything that, like, like we're, like, at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the like at the end of the world. Things are like degenerating so badly, and it's, we're gonna, like not gonna, you know, blah blah blah. Um, that is like couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, there's actually more p- people are getting richer, like more people are are getting are like going up in income than ever before in history. Um, th- th- there's all kind of great things happening, and. Um, there's a website called humanprogress.org if you want to get some more information about some of the really cool shit that people are doing and a lot of the solutions that are out there for some of these so-called like horrible global mm-hmm. problems. There's people that have actually gone like, no, no, wait a minute. No, we, 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 we got this, mm-hmm. you know, but something that people don't keep in, don't keep in mind when, they're talking about these things and they feel like, you know, resources and all that. We aren't like rabbits who eat all the food, multiply, and then there's no food left for the rest of the rabbits. Right. We're, we're fundamentally different. We invent shit. We think shit up. We take that grass and figure out how to turn it into 14 different types of grass so that it'll grow in more places. And, mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So there isn't... <clears throat> human beings are the solution, not the problem. And um, so I, John uh, John Soskel did a great video on this. I put a link to it on his channel. Um, scaremongers, they called the scaremongers are wrong. 
Um, and it's really good. And it's John Stossel. Stossel? Am I saying his name right? Um, he used to be on 2020. Um, oh, okay. Um, in the in the in the 80s, but he's uh, it's 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 it'll make you feel good. It'll make you go like, oh, okay, like you know, come on. It's not you know, we're not all like gonna die tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> oh, bummer. Well, I said, like, Lily v, I knew Lily V6 wouldn't appreciate this. That's why I was hoping Mr. Pittsburgh would be Oh, well, next time. He'll be here next time. But I just wanted to point that out because there isn't enough good news uh, out there. And you know, somebody who's sort of trying to point out some positive stuff, I think is like, I think that's kind of a uh, kind of a cool thing. Um, I'm going to grab a drink, but you can start the next thing. Okay, I'm going to start the next thing. Next thing I'm going to start is um, I'm going to tell one of my own love stories. No, I'm not. <laughs> Walk of shame. The Walk of shame. Do you ever... Uh, that is not something... Um, uh, it's a completely different for a guy, isn't it? Like, we're not ashamed at all. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah! I don't think guys have walk of shames. I, walks of shame. I think that's just a girl thing. But I've only had two, <laughs> and the other one's not that interesting. <laughs> but the one I told was the interesting one. I I just we were gonna do this um, week top forty weekly. Um, that gives you the history of the top forty, like at any mm-hmm. given week, going way back to like <clears throat> the nineteen fifties. But I just happened when you open up the site, the first. Like the current chart yeah, comes up, of course, and the number one song is "Flowers" by Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I've heard it. I, it's just it seems like Miley Cyrus has been around for like a long time. I didn't realize she was still doing like she was still. Yeah, like, this is a brand relevant. new song by her. And "Antihero" by Taylor Swift is it, it number three. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of the new song. Um, I don't hate Miley Cyrus. I I don't hate her work. I just don't like this song because it's just. <laughs> in a time where people don't want to be alone, she's basically saying you can buy your own flowers, you can take yourself out, you can be alone, and it's okay. And people don't want to be alone right now, so I'm not okay with it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Even if you just go out with your female friends, if you're me, or Lou goes out with Kevin and hangs out and goes to the bar, you don't want to be alone. Or Lou and I, I'm basically a guy. Lou and I go hang out at a bar. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Okay, um, let's jump in. 1979, dudes. Okay, and the week is of Jan, 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 the last Jan, week. Last week of January. Down the water. Yep. There we are. Oh, ah! now these, these look fun. These look really look fun. <laughs> oh my god, I like know all those songs. It's great. So, <laughs> wow, I forgot about this song. I totally forgot about that. Okay. Uh, at number 10, from up from 12 this week on the top 40, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love dancing Seems to that song. Great song. Well, it's dance until September, right? Mm-hmm. I've li- literally just heard the song today, the next one that you're going to say. Up, <laughs> up from uh, number 11 up to number 9 is Everyone's a Winner by Hot Chocolate. I love that song so much. <laughs> Last week, I told a uh, story, uh, relate a story that uh, about Steve Lukather working on "Beat It" by uh, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, down from number five this week, uh, 1979. Hold the line at eight. Uh, 
at number seven for the second week in a row, yeah. Linda Ronstadt, Ooh Baby Baby. I like that one. I like all these songs. Uh, up from number eight at number six, A Little More Love by Olivia Newton-John. I um, That was the first song that I became like aware of, of Olivia Newton-John. It was on... Uh, Jack Bogut would play it on KDK in the morning mm. while we were listening to find out if there were any school closings. Okay. <laughs> and it was like, there was mostly talk, but they would play one or two songs here and there. And that was like a really big song and they played it. Um, so that was uh, up for number eight. Uh, down for number three, this one, sure, probably the week before was a big hit. Uh, My Life by Billy Joel. Absolute classic, number five. <laughs> um, up from number 10, Climbing the Charts Fast. Making a big leap up from number 10. We have Rod Stewart with Do You, Do you Think I'm Sexy? <laughs> oh, Rod the Bod. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, wh- jumping up one notch from number four to number three, YMCA, the village people. <laughs> one of the ultimate wedding dances. I know. <laughs> the Bee Gees holding their own at number two this week. Um, second week in a row, Too Much Heaven by the Bee Gees. Nice. And holding the number one spot, Lily, believe it or not, for the second week in a row, La Freak by Chic. I love that song. This week in 1979. I was not born yet. But some of these were um, songs that... uh, uh, Fire by the Pointer Sisters, which was parodied a million times. Um, New York Grove. I love by Ace that Frehley. song. It's a fun song. He did not write that. That was a cover song. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that actually till just this minute. <laughs> the Blues Brothers version of Soul Man was at number nineteen. Leif Garrett, you know him. He's a friend of yours. He is a friend of mine. He was on the chart with "I Was Made for Dancing." <laughs> uh, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rod the Gambler. And on a warm summer's evening. <laughs> don't cry out loud, Lily. Ooh. So Melissa Manchester yes. was on the charts. Uh, Take Me to the River by the Talking Heads. I forget that. I always think of that as an 80s song. Yeah. But that is a 70s. We've got Tonight by Bob Seger. Nice. Yeah, there was... uh, Number 40 was uh, You Need a Woman Tonight by the Captain and Tennille. Oh, Captain Tennille. (laughs) Shake your groove thing. Shake your groove thing. Wow. All good songs. I know. I know. um, I know. Uh... Please come home for Christmas has uh, was has was on the charts like the week before. So that was uh, the Eagles. That was a big hit. So that still gets played every Christmas time um, on classic radio, oldies radio. So cool stuff. So now the time that everybody's been waiting for. This day in what the Beatles did. You noticed last week there weren't any specific Beatles ones. There was one about Yoko. But that's all. No. Yeah, I promise. That can't, that can't be I right. meant to mention it last week and I totally forgot because, you know, I drank. So there's that. You know, alcohol. It happens. <laughs> so. On this day in 1957, Decca Records announced that Bill Haley and his Comets. Oh. Rock Around the Clock. Had sold over a million copies in the UK, mostly on 10-inch 78s. The version of Rock Around the Clock that was used in the movie Blackboard Jungle differs from the hit single version. The difference is the two solo breaks. Nice. I didn't know that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Bill Haley in the comments. I mean, this is... um, 
like the we're talking like the very foundations of rock and roll. Speaking of the foundations of rock and roll, 1959, Elvis Presley had his third UK number one single, "One Night I Got Stung," a double A side, originally written and recorded under the title "One Night of Sin." A revival of the Smiley Lewis R&B hit. Presley was in the army by the time the song reached number one. And here it comes. <laughs> On this day in 1967, the Beatles spent a second day at Knoll Park, uh, Seven Oaks, Kent, England. What's well, too many things. Why do they have to write all the things? Yeah. Just say England. To uh, complete, yeah, spend some time in England. <laughs> That's what they did. That's all they did. No, I'm kidding. Uh, to complete filming for the Strawberry Fields Forever promotional video. So they were making music videos. That's what the Beatles were doing. They were even making fucking music videos before there was any MTV or anything. 67. The, the film was <laughs> shot in color for the benefit of the U.S. market. Since UK television was still broadcast. Excuse me. Oh, still my broadcasting and only in black and white. It overcame me. I couldn't help myself. Uh, <laughs> taking time out from filming John Lennon. Bought an 1843 poster from an antique shop in Surrey, which provided him with the most lyrics for the Beatles song, uh, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Um, this promotional video is very well known and did get played on MTV. Nice. 1969. 69, dude. <laughs> Let's up and play the first of two nights at the Fillmore East, New York City, during the band's first North American tour. Porter's Popular Preachers opened the night, then Led Zeppelin took the stage. It is alleged that Zeppelin's show was so powerful and got such enthusiastic audience that the headliners, Iron Butterfly, refused to follow them. I can't believe I read all of that without fucking it up. <laughs> I, um... I was a fan of these guys. The Jackson 5 went to number one on the U.S. singles chart this week in 1970 with I Want You Back. The song was originally written for Gladys Knight and the Pips and was the first of four number ones for the group and made it to number two in the U.K. Cool song. 1970, American blues musician Slim Harpo died of a heart attack while recording in London at age 46. His most successful and influential recordings include I Am a King Bee, Raining in My Heart, and Baby Scratch My Back. A master of the blues harmonica, his stage name was derived from the popular nickname for that instrument, the harp. The Rolling Stones, Pretty Things, yard, Yardbirds, and them all covered his songs. Sorry, that confused me for a minute. 1976, ABBA knocked Queen from the number one UK position on the UK singles charts with Mamma Mia. That's a good song. Queen's single, Bohemian Rhapsody, enjoyed a nine-week run at the top of the charts. By coincidence, Queen's single contains the famous Mamma Mia, Mamma <laughs> Mia, Mamma Mia, Let Me Go. That's awesome. <laughs> 1978, Greg, uh, Greg Herbert, saxophone player with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, died of an accidental drug overdose in Amsterdam, Holland, age 30. Blood, Sweat, and Tears won a Grammy Award in 1969 for the album of the year, and I would like my next one not to be about a heart attack or death. On this day in 1981, oh, Blondie went to number one in the U.S. Singles Charts with The Tide is High, the group's third U.S. number one, also number one in the U.K. 1984, Queen's... Radio Gaga entered the UK charts at number four. The track, which was released after Queen's recording and touring hiatus of over a year, spent 11 weeks in the chart, peaking at number two. Awesome. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is where Lady Gaga got her name, by the way. Yep. 1987, Paul Simon went back to number one on the UK album chart with Graceland. The album stayed on the chart for a total of 163 weeks. Graceland uh, later won a 1987 Grammy Award for Album of the Year, while the title song won the 1988 Grammy of uh, Award for Record of the Year. Oh, look at him. 1990, the Stone Roses were granted conditional bail by 
Wolverhampton magistrates court after the band had trashed their record company's offices, of course. In true <laughs> rock and roller fashion. Uh, let's do something else. This day, 2007, uh, Jim Morrison was enlisted to help to fight global warming more than 35 years after his death. Uh, Woman in the Window, a previously unreleased poem written and recorded by the Doors frontman shortly before he died in 71, was being set to music and used to publicize the global cool campaign. <laughs> I just wonder, people assume so many things that Jim Morrison would be all about that. He probably would be, but you never know for sure. Right. Do we do Natasha? Uh, why don't you talk about that this one? Guy? Okay. 2009, David Gilmore appeared at Coldfall Primary School, Muswell Hill, London, during a charity show with the seat of the pants band. <laughs> uh, the Black Tie Dinner Dance, at which Bob Hoskins sucks from Madness and comedian uh, Les Dennis, also appeared, raised over 50,000 pounds for a cancer charity. Nice. That's nice. They seem like nice people. <laughs> they really do. Um. Just stay in 2016, uh, David Bowie left an estate valued at about $100 million, according to his will, which was filed in New York. In New York. Half would go to his widow, Iman, along with the home they shared in New York. The rest was shared between his son and daughter. Bowie's personal assistant, Corinne Schwab, was left uh, $2 million, and another million went to a former nanny, Marion Skeen. Skeeny? Skeen? I don't know. Do you know who this guy is? I do not know who that okay, guy is. Okay, in 2017, <laughs> English singer, uh, bassist, and songwriter John Wetton died in his sleep. Um, he hmm. was in, uh, you probably most know him for the song The Heat of the Moment. He oh, was in a, okay. He okay. was the main lead singer in Asia. I didn't I didn't realize that. Okay. But he <coughs> worked with King Crimson and Roxy Music and Uriah Heep and Wishbone Ash. So a lot of good bands. Yeah, yeah he was in a lot of stuff. So we're going to say some happy birthdays before we wrap up for today. Uh, Mario Lanza, American tenor of Italian ancestry, Hollywood film store of the 40s. Happy birthday. Uh, Al Day. Lori. Lori. Record producer session, oh, musician. Phil. Worked with the Beach Boys, Len Campbell. He's still, a, what, a member of the Wrecking Crew, maybe, something like that. Uh, Rick Hall, American record producer, songwriter, music publisher. Happy birthday. Jerry Sheff, bassist. Jerry Sheff worked with Elvis Presley. And The Doors later on. Bob Dylan, John Vent Denver, a Terry Kath guitarist with um, the original guitarist with Chicago, born to stay in 1946. Phil Manzera, guitarist of Roxy Music, Manzanera, I beg your pardon. Harry Wine, not country <laughs> at all. Happy birthday, American disco funk group Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh, Curly Smith, drummer with the group JoJo Gunn. Happy birthday, Adrian Vandenberg, guitarist with um, mm -hmm. uh -huh. White Snake uh -huh. Uh -huh. and a bunch of other people of the band Vandenberg. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Johnny Rotten, happy birthday. John Lydon, Johnny Rotten, happy birthday. We all know who he is. Lloyd Cole of Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. Happy birthday to stay in 1961. Jeff Hanneman. Oh, nice. Yes. With Slayer, born to stay in 1946. Al Jaworski with the group Jesus for Jones, born to stay in 1966. Chad Channing. Nirvana's first drummer, uh, born this day in 1967, Minnie Driver, who is an actress and uh, musician, born this day in 1970, <laughs> Justin Timberlake this day in 1981, and Marcus Mumford of Mumford and Sons was born this day in 1987, dudes! 
Nice. I don't know why I said that. I don't know. Silliness. (laughs) That's the problem, Lily. There's just entirely too many things going on. So that's why we need silliness. I know. What are you gonna do? You know these things. I'm gonna drink. They're gonna drink. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Been listening to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Go to ludinirockandrollcircus.com and uh, check out all the cool stuff we're there. Also, there's, you can become a member of our uh, private inner circle group uh, and merchandise and all kind of fun stuff. ludinirockandrollcircus.com, wolfscustoms.online for custom artwork done on your musical instrument, uh, rockrageradio.com, download the free app. And Lily, go ahead, tell us about what you got going on. Thursday nights, I have Hot Licks with Lily 6 at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and I have some very interesting interviews coming up. So stay tuned for those. And this Saturday, I will actually be at, let me find this post here, uh, the 40 Bar to see Battery. It's a Metallica cover band. So I'm going to check that out on oh, Saturday. Oh, they're going to be at the 40. They are going to be at the 40. So in Washington, Pennsylvania. So okay. we are, are, they, are these guys local? or? Um, I'm not really sure. Sissy suggested it. So that's why I'm going to go. Um, I have to check that out. Okay, we'll the world's it. best and most famous heavy metal band. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. We'll definitely check them out. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, thank you so much for hanging out. And we'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. 